The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Sided Network and FinFanatic.com. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is Fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. We are back at it here. I'm in a remote location. I'm uh, with the family here in uh, Kansas City, heading back today. I'll be back in my normal spot tomorrow when we recap the Dolphins Texans game. But uh, the Dolphins go play the Texans this weekend in Miami weather expected to be about 85 degrees. So the dolphins may have that heat advantage again, and they're going up against a Texans team who is the only team in the NFL to have less than three wins on the season. They're one, eight and one. The dolphins are favored by 14 points. The last time the dolphins were favored by this many points was week one of the two of the 2003 season at home against the Houston Texans. The Dolphins lost that game 21 to 20. I remember that very distinctly. The good news is they, in the other seven games since 2000, that they were double digit favorites in, they won all those games. So, but Paul, this is a game coming off the bye week. Kyle, Kyle Allen and a quarterback over Davis Mills. I, I, I wouldn't even call it a trap game. It would be more of an embarrassment game if they dropped this one. Yeah, but historically, uh, the Texans have had the Dolphins number more times than they should, no matter how bad they've been. It, you can't overlook any opponents right and right now, especially when you're clicking on all cylinders like Miami is. Um, Miami needs to come out, and they need to treat this like, like it is a tough opponent um, and, and really not let this be a trap game or an embarrassment game or any of those things. It's they need to come out. They need to play their game. They need to continue to put up 30 plus points as they've done in the past three or four matchups and, and really just take it to the Texans here. If they get a big lead let up as the game goes on, but until then go at them, go at them hard and win the goddamn game. Uh, yeah. You say go at them hard. Um, 
I'm not sure if that's a strategy that I uh, would completely go with. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you why, because the Texans are the Texans. If you look at them on the season, as bad as they are, they're allowing 23 points a game. And which isn't a whole heck of a lot for a team that's one, eight and one. And they've only allowed nine touchdown passes this year. So they're, they're, they're not somebody that you can, that teams have been able to exactly just go at and light up. Now that could be different. I mean, I, I, I said pretty much the same thing about the Browns last week and the dolphins went in there and they lit them up. But um, you, you look at, defensively kind of where the where, where the strengths are of the Texans and there aren't a lot of them but um the on the ground this season the Texans are allowing 5.4 yards a carry to opposing running backs 5.5 yards per carry to opposing starting running backs and Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert well, actually Mostert's not playing in this game so let's leave him out of it Jeff Wilson is averaging 5.4 yards a carry so in the Miami Heat against a bad run defense, I hope the Dolphins stick with the run and stick with it throughout the game here. Yeah, and, and go at them hard doesn't mean necessarily try to chuck the ball over the yard. It's you need to use the run to set that pass up. One of the one of the better corners that the Texans have, Derek Stingley Jr., is out in this game. So you can probably potentially do a little bit more with their secondary than people are used to. But again, they haven't had to cover. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki type of combo before. And like you said, going at them hard right now includes Jeff Wilson pounding the rock. And he's done that well since getting traded to Miami. Uh, he's, I think he's still averaging over 100 yards a game right now for Miami and since, since being traded. And that opens everything up for you. And, and, and so Miami is multifunctional on offense in a way that the Texans really haven't seen in a bit. So this is one where you can't, I think you can go at them hard. You just have to do it the right way with the, with what you've got and play your game. Yeah. Uh, and, and to that point with what you said on the season, when you look at the dolphins weapons and what, and what they're pacing, the dolphins have four players on pace for over 1100 yards. <laughs> Tyree Kill is on pace for 1994, Waddle 1522, Jeff Wilson 1316, and Raheem Mostert 1125. Raheem Mostert is not going to play in this game. He's one of the very few injury problems the Dolphins have right now. Teron Armstead, his uh, practice on a limited basis all week here. So that's the first time that's happened here in two months. So that's ex extremely encouraging. We don't know what's going on with Byron Jones still, but offensively um, you know, getting Armstead back very healthy is, is, is going to be, is going to be important here in this one. Cause really with Derek Stingley out with Jonathan Greenard, out, they're basically they're you know, two of their best young players on defense. Their best player by far is Jerry Hughes at defensive end and dolphins fans. Remember him. He played with the bills for nine years. He has seven career sacks against the dolphins. Um, but a week after completely silencing Miles Garrett, I'm not too concerned about Jerry Hughes anymore. Yeah, and in reality, it's somebody like Jerry Hughes with the weapons the Dolphins have. They can use a short screen game uh, against him. You've got Brandon Shell and, and um, Teron Armstead literally throwing Miles um, Garrett around like a rag doll last week. It's or two weeks ago, 
this is something that Miami should be able to to handle a singular pass rusher in this one in Jerry Hughes. And yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and one thing will be interesting to watch here too is, yeah, I mean, I expect, I mean, Brandon Shell to start the game too, but on the depth chart, Austin Jackson was number one, and the team hasn't said a whole heck of a lot about who's going to be starting at right tackle. Um, so that's going to be fascinating to watch um, if, because Jackson, you know, according to all reports, had a really good summer uh, against the Patriots in week one, looked a lot more at home at right tackle. I still don't think he looked great. Um, but Brandon Shell, you, you haven't heard his name much over the last couple of weeks, and that's a good thing at the right tackle spot. So I, I hope they stick with Brandon Shell because I think he has earned that spot over the last month. He has. It, it's, you know, there's that, that old adage, you don't lose your job due to injury, but at the same time, you lose your job to being outperformed. And mm-hmm. Brandon Shell has exceedingly outperformed Austin Jackson at this point. And don't get me wrong, Austin Jackson's a great depth piece. But at the same time, if we're going to talk about offensive tackles, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. The Laramie Tunsil will make his return to Hard Rock Stadium this this weekend tomorrow and i think i think dolphins twitter might be right it, the the dolphins fans should give laramie tunzel a standing ovation i 100 percent agree with you he, he he was such a huge part of what miami is today uh, that trade to the houston texans for laramie tunzel um set up the baseline for everything Miami has done roster wise over the past couple of years. So yeah, give that man a standing ovation. And he didn't want to Dolphins didn't want to trade him. The Texans just gave too damn much for him. Yeah. And Laramie, there were no hard feelings there on either side, which, which was always good. And, you know, and, and Tunzel's, you know, for all the expectations, Tunzel has been really good for the Texans. He's, he's been a, you know, a, a, at least a top 10 left tackle, uh, is he worth what they gave up for him? No, but still a very good one. And on the other side, they've got Tyus Howard, who is a, who's a good right tackle too. So our offensive tackle is probably the biggest strength of the Texans team here. So they may have some time for Kyle Allen in the pocket, um, even against Chubb and against Jalen Phillips. Now, having said that, uh, to get Tunzel and Tyus Howard, Tyus Howard was a first round pick. So they gave up what three first round picks, two seconds, a fourth, a sixth. Uh, I mean, gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. And I know somebody who uh, who has a Laramie Tunzel custom made jersey that was made just before uh, he was traded to the Texans because I never thought he would be he would be traded. So if I wore that to the game, Tunzel would probably Tunzel would probably catch two touchdowns actually. Oh man, that would that would upset me because you know I love my fat guy touchdowns. It's I, I, but you know what? That that's the one player jersey I think you bought that really wasn't cursed. He got traded, but at the same time he got traded and and just God, what it did for the Dolphins. Like they're so much better for having traded him, which is something you don't usually say about a guy that's really an All Pro caliber tackle. Yeah, and it was a situation where Bill O'Brien was in. Hey, either either he wins this year or he's out the door. So he was like, I don't care about those draft picks. So I'm well, going to get fired anyway. So I don't care if I light the town on fire. Uh, 
And that's exactly what happened here. Um, before, before we move on though, real quick, it's, you know, you've got Tyus Howard, you've got Laramie Tunsil and, you know, you'd brought up the point about Jalen Phillips. You brought up the point about Chubb, but the dolphins are not a just duo tandem of pass rushers at this point. They like to, I mean, Christian Wilkins has really been stepping up the past few weeks. You've also got Melvin Ingram. So you can give a lot of looks that won't put Jalen Phillips or, you know, um, Melvin Ingram or Bradley Chubb um, just against their their offensive tackles. And you've really got four guys that can push the pocket right now. Uh, and that's, yeah, that, that's exactly does. right. So that's exactly the, right. Yeah. The two of them aren't the sole factors in preventing Miami from getting to Kyle Allen, who hasn't started a game in what, two years, three he only threw 19 passes last year. Um, two years ago was his last start um, with with Carolina, and that year he he actually looked pretty. I mean, he looked pretty decent. He had well, he had 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, over 3,300 yards passing. There were I, I'll take the back. There were games that were atrocious from Kyle Allen. There were also games that were really promising that led me to look at him and say, "Man, this guy's got some developmental ability." Um, but still, I. We'll, we'll go back to him in a second because I want to stay on the offensive line. When it comes to the offensive line, yeah, you're right. They're they're good at tackle, but they're the Texans are really bad on the inside, and they got destroyed by by the Commanders last week. Um, they, on the inside, they've got rookie Kenyon Green at left guard, who I I thought was going to be kind of a plug and play type of player, even though I thought he was overdrafted. He's been terrible. And at center, they've got Quesenberry, and at right guard. They've got AJ can. So they've got a, a rookie who is having a terrible season and they've got two very below average veteran players. So, and last week, if you want some evidence of that, Damian Pierce had 10 carries for eight yards against the commanders who, whose strength of their team, just like the dolphins is inside of the defensive tackle spot with Jonathan Allen and with Deron Payne. So that's going to make things very difficult for the Texans if they can't establish the ground game with Damian Pierce, who other than last week is having a really good season. Yeah. I was going to say, he is their best offensive weapon right now. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. Brandon cooks is, is a heck of a wide receiver. Uh, even though he may have lost his captain's patch a few weeks ago when he tried to get traded and the Texans basically said, Oh yeah, we'll give us that. Um, and Nico Collins is good as well, but it's not the receiver tandem of, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Let's face it. And yeah, yeah. You know, while while we don't get Byron Jones back this week, you still are not looking. You're, you're probably looking at a quarterback that's going to come out chucking the ball around the yard, but he averages an interception per game throughout his career. So it's he averages I think one touchdown and one interception per game. Their offense is not what terrifies me right now. Uh, their defense doesn't really terrify me either. Let's face it. The, the only thing that terrifies me in this game is the fact that this could be a trap game for, for the Dolphins. <clears throat> yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, Kyle Allen, 17 starts, 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, quarterback rating of 84.9. Um, I will say that a, a tweet I made on March 15th, 2019, I think this was days before the Dolphins signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, is uh, I said, I'd consider trading the 13th pick to the Panthers for their 16th pick and quarterback Kyle Allen. And here we are three and a half years later and we're facing the guy. Now, many, many might say, well, we got Christian Wilkins. We got, we got a good player there. Well, yeah, but the Panthers got Brian Burns at 16. So it 
and they could have maybe gotten Wilkins. Anyway, Dolphins stayed at 13, got Wilkins. Wilkins is a great player. But regardless, I, I've always had a, a higher opinion of Kyle Allen than a lot of other people. This is like Davis Mills. They were both in high school five-star recruits, so they had some obvious ability, but then went to college, didn't do a whole heck of a lot, and it turned out to have some glimpses in the pros. Kyle Allen, believe it or not, was at Texas A&M and beat out Kyler Murray. Um, then two years later, he transfers to Houston, has does okay, goes undrafted. None of this really matters. But Brady Quinn beat out, beat out Tom Brady. Yep, and Patrick Mahomes got beat out by somebody. Um, yeah, I forget. The, the, and Russell Wilson got beat out by Mike. No, I, didn't, so, I didn't mean to just like destroy the point there. But. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, it's it's. It, but my point is, Kyle Allen, Davis Mills, former five star, physically, they have the traits to play the position in the NFL. I like Davis Mills. I actually do. Like, I think he needs some development. He needs a quarterback whisperer and what he's got right now in Houston ain't it. Right. And, you know, you can make the point, too, that with the commanders and with the Panthers, when Allen had the opportunity to really show he was an NFL quarterback, he did not seize that opportunity, mm-hmm. even though he hasn't been absolutely terrible everywhere he's gone. Yeah, you you say you're worried about it being a trap game. My My concern is not concerned, but the only thing I have in the back of my head is with Kyle Allen, a quarterback instead of Davis Mills, maybe you get a guy, maybe you have the only thing going for the Texans where they're not going through the motions. Maybe you have one guy with something to prove and that's Kyle Allen and you don't have a lot of tape on him. So not a concern per se, but I would have preferred Davis Mills started this game. I would too. And, and, you know, not having a lot of tape on, Kyle Allen still doesn't turn him into Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. Um, he's not going to destroy you with his legs, running the ball, um, fleeing the pocket. He's not going to light you up down the field repeatedly throughout the game. He's not, he's not that come out and throw five touchdowns back up. He's to come out and manage the game back up is what he is. And the way Miami's been putting points on the board, you're not going to get beat by a game manager if you play your game. And it, it's, I hate to put it as it's that simple, but it is. Now, while we're talking about replacement quarterbacks, as, as we are a Dolphins show, we'd be remiss to not mention the absolute dumpster fire that's going on in the Meadowlands locker room at the moment of Zach Wilson getting benched, being confused why he got benched, uh, making excuses last week for an offense that I believe had two yards in the second half uh, and blame the wind, even though Mac Jones sure seemed to move the ball in the second half, even though he didn't score. And the fact that instead of starting Joe Flacco, who might get you there while you are still right at, right at playoff eligible, they're starting Mike White. Like, what the hell, like, as great as the Jets have been defensively, which I hate to admit, but they have been, what the hell is going on offensively up there in, in New Jersey? Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, yeah, first, I think Zach Wilson is irretrievably damaged. I don't think he was that good to begin with. I never understood it with with Zach Wilson. I said it. I never understood it with two quarterbacks drafted in the top three over the last twenty years. And I've said Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson at BYU was never, ever, ever under pressure. He just lofted the ball up. He had a good arm, but the thing of Zach Wilson is he needs to be able to extend plays to get the ball downfield. He doesn't have the size and he doesn't have the speed to extend plays. He never did. He's and, and then he comes in and, and yeah, that press conference afterward um, where he was just asked, uh, do you take any response or, or do you feel like you let your team down? He just said no. And then later he obviously regretted that. And he and didn't just say no, though. He, he, he broke into like, well, it was very windy today. You saw the ball was going and nobody could really move the ball. Uh, but like, it's like, dude, like you, I hate to bring this up, but you want you want accountability. Look at the Bills a couple weeks ago when Josh Allen immediately gets on the mic and the first thing out of his mouth when when they start asking questions is it's hard to win games when your quarterback plays like, you know, poop, we'll go with. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, it literally just took it all on his shoulders even when it wasn't completely his fault. And that, that's that's what you've got to be at the quarterback position. But by all accounts, Zach Wilson got told he was being benched and – supposedly started crying had to get the rest of the day off and basically his answers as far as that went in front of the team even were but i want to like <laughs> what a bunch of entitled crap like yeah it's uh, they, talk about somebody that's just had it handed to him and never had anybody say no like you know including his mom's friends apparently but still right we'll there <laughs> I mean, uh, I think it's just a clear talent misevaluation to begin with. If, if, Zach, Wil- thing. if Zach Wilson ran a ran a four four uh, or was six five two forty, I would have understood it. The guy's what six two two twenty is can't outrun people, 
and and one of my favorite quotes was and I, I i can't remember the exact but they said zach wilson struggles i think it was his coach that said it said zach wilson struggles to make simple throws right now like i mean is there a more damning indictment of a quarterback than he can't hit the guy five feet in front of him and and that was the case i mean they're, they're, it's just a, a comedy reel so and sadly if the season ended today today the Jets would be the number seven seed. So uh, that leads me to believe that the Dolphins, basically, if let's assume they beat the Texans. Uh, uh, yes, I'm, I, I'm chalking this up as a win. Dolphins are 14-point favorites. You better win. It's embarrassing if you don't. I don't care how you do it. You get to eight and three. As far as I'm concerned, you win one more game against an AFC opponent on your schedule, and you're in the playoffs. I know that's not the end goal. But you're in, as far as I'm concerned, because I look at the bottom of the AFC. You've got the Patriots, who lost to the Vikings. They've got the Bills twice, the Dolphins, and the Seahawks still. I think they're not going to – I can't see a way they win 10 games. Um, the Chargers can't get anybody healthy and can't win close games when they do. Uh, you got the Jets, who are, we just talked about. So, yeah, I mean, I think 9-8 and eight probably gets you in. 10-7 and seven definitely does. And we expect the Dolphins to win more than that anyway. Well, and here, here's the thing, too, that Miami really needs to do a, a good job of in this one. You know, we talk about this being the definition of a trap game. Next Sunday, Miami plays arguably right now the toughest opponent left on their schedule the way that they're playing in the moment, and that's the San Francisco 49ers in what's probably a little bit of an emotional return game for Mike McDaniel. Um and then you follow it up the, the following week against the aforementioned Chargers um, and the whole Herbert Tua comparison stuff. So you've got some emotionally charged games coming up over the next two weeks that really are going to be a litmus test. Like if Miami gets past the Texans and wins at least two out of three of their next three weeks against big time opponents because you follow up the chargers with the bills you're set up very well and not just due to playoff calculators that's you going out and beating playoff teams at that point and really making that state you have the opportunity to make a big statement i expect the dolphins bills to get flexed um I haven't looked at next week yet to see if they've flexed anything, but it wouldn't surprise me with the way that the Dolphins and 49ers are playing right now if that got flexed too. Because those are two big time games that you would want to see in prime time over the next three weeks. And you get through that, and then you got the reeling Packers on Christmas Day and the Patriots. And then I believe we close out with the Jets on the eighth. Um, yeah, so looking ahead here, the yeah, I, I'd be surprised if the 49ers game got flexed, but the Bills game, you're talking about, you know, a week before Christmas. And it, to me, it what, what it comes down to is, you know, assuming the Dolphins beat the Texans, and if they, let's say they split with the 49ers and the Chargers, they, they could take both. Um, but let's say they split and they're nine and four, it's going to come down to that game against Buffalo. Because if, 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 if you go into Buffalo and you win that game, you're 10 and four, you've obviously got the tiebreaker over them. Now you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because then the last three games, you've got the Packers, which looked like a really tough game here a month ago or two months ago. 
Um, they're four and seven. You're going to be favored in that game. Then you play at New England, which, I mean, even in New England in the cold, at best is a flip of a coin for them. Um, probably a little slight favor Dolphins, slight favor Dolphins. And then you've got the Jets at home in the final week. So if you win this game and you split the next two, you, it comes down to that Buffalo game. Because in my opinion, that is who is going to win the division here. Well, and the crazy thing is, right, if the Dolphins do drop that game against Buffalo, but they win two of the next three, Buffalo, as of right now, still would not hold the tiebreaker against Miami because Buffalo, even winning that game, as it stands right now, would have a worse division record in, in a head-to-head matchup. And that's that Jets win over Buffalo kind of looms large here right now. Um and again, it, it's I think Miami would be two and two divisionally at that point. Um, Buffalo would be one and two as far as that goes. So yeah. and say, let's let's say they fit, they finish the season, both finish, you know, head to heads a tiebreaker. The second one is division record. Let's mm-hmm. say they both finish four and two. Then it goes to conference record. And that's a whole different ball of variables there. So yeah, but I'm talking about the second tiebreaker. Like it's yes, my Miami would need to really dial it down again in on January 1st and January 8th against the Patriots and Jets, but that divisional tiebreaker would still be theirs to lose. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah, and so it, it, taking a look at at a higher level here, right now heading into this game against the Texans, uh, Football Outsider has the Dolphins at 86.4 percent chance to make the playoffs. 538.com has the Dolphins at 92%, and the New York Times has the Dolphins at 81%, according to all their simulations. Obviously, those numbers rise if the Dolphins defeat the Texans here this weekend. And then, if they, assuming they go eight and three here, the following week against the 49ers, now you're talking about you win this game, it's almost impossible for you to miss the playoffs. So, exciting times here. And, Paul, we've got, uh, We've been talking here for about 25 minutes. We have not talked about Tua Tungavailoa or the offense here, and there's not a lot. I've talked really about to... him a little bit. I've talked about him a little bit. Okay, I haven't. Um, so talking about that here, Tua on the season, 71% completion percentage, quarterback rating of 118.4. The Texans have allowed five of the 10 quarterbacks they faced have a quarterback rating of over 113 in a game. Herbert, 113.2. Carr, 116.2. Jalen Hurts, 128.9. Daniel Jones, 153.3. And then there's another one I did not list here, but they're on there somewhere. Uh, it's pretty clear when you look at the quarterbacks they face. When they when they face young, inexperienced quarterbacks like Taylor Heineke, Malik Willis, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, they do very well. When they face a veteran quarterback, they do not. So, and this also Derek Stingley's out this game that Derek Stingley is one player that physically has had the ability to at least give the Texans a chance to run with some of these receivers. Um, now you've got Steven Nelson, Desmond King, Tavier Thomas on the outside players who just can't. So I expect a lot of zone coverage in this game and for the dolphins to and, and I go back to this. I think the Dolphins, it's important to keep drives going and to take what the defense gives them. 
Yeah, no, and Mike McDaniel's really good at scheming up for what the defense gives them and then also scheming up ways to make the defense try to take away what he wants you to try to take away. Uh, and that that could get very interesting in this one. And don't get me wrong, it's you got Lovey Smith, who's a very defensive-minded head coach. We knew he was a defensive-minded head coach when he took over the Texans this year. Um, and you've got, you know, a, ri a rising assistant coach in Jacques Sasser, who formerly played with the Chargers out there as, as Lovey's right-hand man, who's also a defensive guy. So it's you expect the Texans to develop their defense well early in, in that regime. But yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and, and Kat, let's have a little fun with our predictions today. Let's do our prediction, but let's also give a bold prediction like Tommy was asking for in the chat for this game. And let's predict what we think the final record for the season will be. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, before that here, uh, one last thing is a couple of things to look out for. Tyreek Hill is no longer the NFL's leading leader in receiving yards. That, that honor goes to Justin Jefferson right now, but Tyreek Hill needs 85 yards in this game to redeem that, to reclaim that. Um, Jalen Waddle needs 122 yards to have 1000 on the season with six games left after that keep in mind Jalen Waddle was a draft pick that was used in the Laramie Tunzel trade how fitting it would be if he hit 1,000 yards here in this game against the Texans um yeah and that's that that's kind of what does it here and, and another thing I was yeah let's let's get into our predictions and I, I do have a, a bold prediction myself well let's why don't you go first then since you got one loaded up and ready to go um it, so the Dolphins won by 22 points last game against the Browns. I'm going to say they win by 21 in this game. I'm going to go 42 to 21 Dolphins. And I've been saying this year that there's going to be a game where teams are so focused on Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle that Mike Gusecki comes out and he just gets an unbelievable amount of targets and has a great game. I think this is that game. I'm predicting eight catches. 110 yards, two touchdowns for Mike Gesicki. Are you telling me Garrett Wallow is going to struggle to cover Mike Gesicki in this game? I think it's Grant Wallow. No, it is, it is Garrett. Yeah. It's Garrett. Exactly. But exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're saying I think it's Grant, you know he's a nobody. Um, I, I'm down with what you're putting down there. And believe it or not, we're one point off as far as our game totals go. Um. I actually had Miami scoring 43 in this one in a weird game, but Jason Sanders, I think is going to miss a little bit in this one that really skews that score in a weird direction. Again, um, I am going to go for my bold prediction here. Um, I am going to say Cater Kohu not only gets his first interception, but gets a pick six. Um, I think Jalen Waddell does get his 100 yards in this game, but I think he finishes the game two yards short of 1,000 going into next week and frustrated and angry and hungry. Uh, I think he ends up at 998, and I think Jeff Wilson absolutely goes off in this game. Like, I know it's three bold predictions, but I think Jeff Wilson's going to be the big difference maker in this one. I think he gets 190 yards and at least two scores in this one. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I mean, if, 
I know it's it, it's it's supposed to be 85 degrees in Miami. I know it's also supposed to be partly cloudy too. So I, it may not be 120 degrees on the Texas sideline, like it was in that Vikings game, but it's still going to be hot. And one of their best players on defense, uh, really almost solely responsible for any success they've had against the run, which is not a lot is Roy Lopez, who is a former, uh, the fifth or sixth round pick out of him in 20 out of the, from the Texans in 2021. Um, Big Roy Lopez and the Miami Sun. If when he starts to wear down, they've got nothing behind him. Their linebackers are not good at stopping the run. They've got undersized guys in Christian Kirksey and Christian Harris. Um, Malik Collins is a penetrating defensive tackle who is not good against the run. They just don't have a whole heck of a lot else. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Jeff, if I'd be shocked if we come out of this game saying the Dolphins had trouble running the football. Mm-hmm. And the way Miami opens up lanes in this one and, 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 and utilizes misdirection, that's only going to tie Roy Lopez out further, trying to readjust to, to a lot of those toss counters and things like that. Um, and Jeff Wilson, just he's done a phenomenal job of seeing the hole, averaging 6.5 yards per carry since coming to Miami a few weeks ago. Um, and the line has been lights out in this for, for Miami over the past few weeks. Uh, so yeah, no, it's I, and I think Miami finishes the season thirteen and four, and the number two seed in the AFC. Um. Yeah, season prediction here. I think they'll win this game. <clears throat> I'm gonna say they. I'm gonna say they split. No, no, no. I'm going to say they, I'm going to say they beat the 49ers in a close game and then they beat the chargers too. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say 10 and three, I've got to say, I have them losing to Buffalo and mm-hmm. Buffalo. So that brings them to 10 and four. And then in the final three games, they've got the Packers at home. Uh, at New England and the Jets at home. I see them going two and one in those games. So unfortunately, I have the Dolphins going 12 and five, but also be in the fifth seed in, in, in the AFC. This, oh man. man. Which would be terrible. It'd be a great season um, on there. And, and don't get, and let's, let's keep in mind too, that would mean that the Dolphins probably play at Tennessee or at Baltimore. I think they can go in to both of those places and win with the offense that they have. So this isn't a situation, you know, I've always said that I think with the bills in the division, the dolphins have to take the 49ers route to, they may have to take the dolphins or the 49ers route to the Super Bowl, where they get in as a wild card, but are a very good team and are built to win in the playoffs. And so if they get in, I still think they can, they can win the AFC even as a wild card. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong on that. It, it, to me, it all comes down to that one game at Buffalo, and I've got to give advantage Buffalo now, even though they're not playing as great as they were a month ago. So you've got Buffalo then. You're, you're taking that, that, that season prediction even further. You've got Buffalo basically sweeping the division the rest of the way, um, including the Patriots in primetime this coming week, followed by the Jets. Um, and then sweep you taking the Patriots on January. Like basically, you've got 
if you've got the Dolphins at 12 and five, you've got them winning those, those Pats and Jets matchups, most likely, if not splitting those and getting that you're, you're basically getting the bills taking over a definitive division record at that point, which means you've got Miami losing to either the Patriots or the Jets at the very least. Uh, I'll make the math easy for you. I don't think the bills will lose a game the rest of the year. Okay. In, in the regular season. And I, just, I, I look at the way they're playing right now, and that, that, that's a tough ask. That, 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 it's tough. not reflective of how they – keep in mind, against the, the Lions um, had won three games in a row and were looking great on offense. Mm-hmm. And they went into Detroit on Thanksgiving Day and st- did not play their best game by a long shot and still came – it takes so much to beat the Bills. The, you know, it's even when they're playing poorly. Dan Campbell beat the Lions in this one. Um, then I, I, I think that throw from Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs that really one or two people on the planet could make is, is what is what got him there. Um, yeah, but that 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 was set up by some some poor management inside the red zone by the Lions. Uh, yeah, they no, they 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 definitely should not have on third and one. They should have been trying to have the ball last and trying to win the game. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. I mean, throw you play action, you throw the ball to DJ Chark uh, downfield. You have you have one idiot throwing the ball to to another idiot over the wrong shoulder where the ball lands out of bounds instead of you know because Chark had it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so. No, I look. I, I, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, say great things about how the Bills have played over the last month here. But uh, you look at how they played last year. At this point, they were coming off a nine to six loss to Urban Meyer's Bill, our, our Jaguars, and they at that time were out of the playoffs. And then they swept the rest of the rest of the season. And the Bills are and Josh Allen are better made here than other teams for the cold months. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I have the Bills at 14 and three. I've got the Dolphins at 12 and five. Oh, I guess the division record doesn't matter at that point. Doesn't, no. Made the math easy for you. Nice. Hope I'm wrong. But it comes to, but here's the other part of it too. If, if everything I said uh, with the Bills it comes true and the Dolphins comes true, there's only one game that separates the Dolphins from winning the division, both teams finishing 13 and four and the Dolphins winning the division. And that's going down to Buffalo and beating the Bills. That is a tough ask. I don't care how they're playing right now. But let's go, Dolphins. Let's let's win this game here. Let's have another undefeated November, and that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Texans matchup. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan-sided network and finfanatic.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.